Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. You know what? This was going to be a completely different episode. But how many of your plans went out the window in the last few weeks? With life taking a crazy turn and sending us home, it didn't feel right to stick to the plan. We want to do our best to support you in these tough times. And this is why I'm joined today by Janine Woodcock to discuss challenges, fears, and opportunities that are presented with furloughing. Janine is an executive coach with international experience, a published author, and a speaker. She does this by working with individuals to help them identify their personal path to sustainable success, and also so does this by using her program, The Power of Choices. As a fellow of the Institute of Leadership and Management and a business mentor for the Princess Trust, Janine has worked with leaders and managers from many businesses, including Facebook, Havasilia, and EDF Energy. You're probably wondering now why we're starting the Women in Data podcast with an executive coach. Well, Janine has actually joined us in our last conference and she delivered a brilliant and overbooked session where we learned how to make choices that will sustain our success. We're really delighted to have her back with us today. Hi, Janine. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. Your first podcast. I'm honoured. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny, right? Because uh, we had this plan of, oh, we're going to release the podcast this way and then everything just changed. So this is my second first podcast. (laughs) 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 That's going to be an interesting one. And I I don't know if you listen to many podcasts. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. I do. So you know how people, they they do this brilliant introduction to people and to the podcast. It sounds so brilliant and very easy. It's actually really hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this did not sound too cringy. I loved what you did. So, Janine, can you tell us more about yourself, what you do, and then why you're joining us today? Sure. So, um, my background and the work I do with women in data has really come out of my 25 years working in the data sector. So, I spent all of that time, which feels like a long time, um, working and leading uh, marketing agencies who very much focused on digital data and direct marketing. Um, And over that period, it was at the point when all of that was very new. So I really enjoyed working with my um, organizations and my clients to help them move into that digital and data world. Um, And then I kind of realized that the clients were pulling me in not only to help with the marketing strategies, data strategies, CRM programs, all of that kind of stuff, but also helping the teams work together. Because it's one thing to say, whoa, here's a new CRM strategy. 
but actually you still need the people in the organisations to be able to work together to make that happen. Um, so that's what I ended up being drawn to. So alongside all of the marketing work, I retrained um, and did some qualifications as uh, an executive coach. So I did a postgraduate master's and then an ILM qualification. And as you said, Karen, I'm now a fellow there and was using those coaching skills in the marketing and data arena and then um, realized how much I'd fallen in love with coaching as a discipline and how I could really see how I was helping people achieve the success, personal success in a business context that they wanted. But I made the decision to jump ship from the corporate world and set up my own business as an executive coach. This is a really brave decision to make. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. It was scary. It was like jumping off a cliff because it was, yeah, whole other conversation. But um, that's five years ago now. And wow. um, yeah, I've never looked back. It's, I, I love what I do. Oh, that's really great. Um, we're here today to talk about um, furloughing and also everything going on with the COVID-19 and how it's impacting our life and how we can um, still manage to strive and I want to say survive but maybe not uh, in these uh, situations today. Um, so you decided to create a survey. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah well it came out of um, the work I've been doing with my clients through this period and the concept of adapting is the first word that came to mind very quickly. Um, so I was working with um, leaders and managers who were making those really difficult decisions on who to furlough if they needed to furlough in that moment. And they were making those decisions largely based on wanting the business to be able to succeed and survive beyond whatever happens. Um, and I could really feel the intention of the leaders and the managers in wanting to do the right thing. But what I noticed was there is a bit of a narrative that was around, well, whoever we furlough, they're going to be okay, aren't they? Because they will have 80% of their salary up to a threshold and they won't have to do anything. So that's okay. So it was kind of the human side and the impact of the furloughing wasn't front of mind for those leaders and managers. And then when I was talking to clients who were on the receiving end of being furloughed or potentially being furloughed, their narrative was really much, um, very much around this fear of, well, I'm terrified. And it wasn't so much around the financial side, although that is obviously hugely important. It was more around, if I'm not working, where's my purpose? W what am I getting up for every day? I'm gonna miss the connection to my company. So if I'm furloughed for three whole months, I'm not gonna know what's gone on. And then when I go back in, I'm gonna feel like I'm not part of the team anymore. So there are all these concerns coming up that the leaders and the managers hadn't really considered in how they would then manage through that furlough period. So my intention, you know, as a coach, my whole purpose, as you said at the beginning, is to help individuals, so whether they be leaders, managers or not, um, find their own path to sustainable success. So I wanted to be able to offer help both to people being furloughed and to leaders and managers to be able to manage this time. But to do that, I needed to know what the main concerns were, hence the survey. And it's, the super, it's super simple in terms of the survey and what we're asking people. Yeah, it's funny that, um, so you see the two different sides of, of the medals, uh, because 
I do have my partner and my sister at home who have both been furloughed and it's really hard to see them. So I'm the only one in the house still working. So it's really hard to see them every day trying to fill their days with things. And um, my partner is very attached to his workmates, his colleagues, and then also he's very, uh, he likes to create a strong relationship with his clients. He's not able to see what's going on with them or even tell them, oh, I support you in these times where it's really tough. I know we're in the same situation, but I actually can't email you right now because I'm not allowed to use my laptop or my work email. So yeah, that that's really tough, and um, I hope people can find um, a new purpose, I guess, uh, to help them go through these times and um, come back stronger when we're able to go back to the office. Your survey is going to be released with this podcast, and we're going to have uh, another podcast later on once we've got all the results to talk about what happened, what, you've, what we've seen, and then how you can support, um, how you can use these results to support your client, but also the community with uh, the findings. Mm. But how about you? Um, how has your life changed with all these COVID-19? It's a really interesting question, Karen. And, you know, everyone has their own unique experience, don't they? But for me, um, because I do a lot of Skype coaching all around the world and I have through another company, I work as an associate, um, do a lot of work in the pharmaceutical industry. So I had about five or six different pharmaceutical clients and very early, so two weeks before really it hit us in the UK, those global pharmaceutical clients just took all of their work away. And it, then they were like, we just have to stop all the face-to-face work. Most of what I do is um, Skype and virtual anyway, in terms of coaching. But all of the face-to-face work to st- workshops stopped. Therefore, the coaching stopped. So within a week, so that was early March, I think. I've kind of lost track of time. 80% of my work dropped off. Oh, sorry. So I, it was terrifying. So my my response to that was absolute terror. So from a financial perspective, so then you do all the scurrying around to say, okay, can I survive? Can I survive? Mm. Um, and then from a human perspective, realizing what we as a country were about to face. And then because it was all new, I found myself watching every single news article, every single news bulletin, reading all of the um, um, alerts, etc. And in that first week, got really, really overwhelmed, anxious, found myself on the verge of tears quite a lot just because it's this huge sense of unknown um and so i personally what i recognized obviously given the work i do recognize that that absorbing all of that information really wasn't helping me um you know there's a whole and on um we'll talk later but i've got a youtube channel and i talk about the boundaries and how we manage to focus and control or create focus and um, motivation rather and Focusing all our attention on things that are outside our control isn't helping. So what we're much better doing is focusing the things we can control and influence and bring our intention to do the right thing, whatever our purpose is in today's context. So that's really what I've been focusing on. And that's in a way how we're here today, because reaching out and being able to help communities like women in data um, feels really important right now. 
It is. I'm really sorry about this. I feel like giving you a hug right now. <laughs> oh, bless you. I feel your hug virtually. Virtual hug. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell me a bit more about how you've changed your focus and um, really because you were saying working on boundaries and then shifting everything to, to ensure maybe more positivity and be more productive. How did you change your your habits to go to that yeah and again the self-talk that we all have around this is interesting so um when we love what we do career-wise and we're driven um, we're very used to operating in that kind of always on achieving doing mode um, there is research that says when we're in an office environment we're only actually productive and effective for three and a half hours a day now, the other work around that is still work, but it's all those connections. It's the water cooler conversation. It's the, you meet somebody in a corridor and you're like, oh, I meant to have a chat to you about this, this and this. But actually sit down, productive, effective, focus work, three and a half hours. So if when we're working from home and we're kind of diverting a bit from furlough, but I think it's still important where if you're furloughed, you've still got those expectations. If our expectation is to be productive and effective all day, we're setting ourselves up to fail from the start point because that's not the human condition. So part of the adaptation to whatever your personal scenario now is allow yourself to be human. And I encourage people at this point, and my work's shifted in this point because it's very much looking at helping people build their resilience through this. Um, shift your attention away from what should I do because the should is an external voice and the do is an action and think more about what do you need so if you were to think of your day and say okay do I need something at this time that's going to energize me do I need something at this time that's going to nourish me and help me kind of maybe chill a bit and calm down do I need something at this time that's going to mentally stimulate me so if you think of what you need in those buckets, so what do I need to energize? What do I need to nourish? What do I need to mentally stimulate? And think about all the things, whether they're, whether it's exercise, whether it's work related, whether it's a hobby that fit into those buckets and then start to create your day that way rather than from a, what am I doing? And it just gives you a different dialogue and a different relationship with your time. And personally, I find that very helpful and that's a practice that I use. Yeah, it sounds very helpful and it's probably something I can use myself. I've been quite hard on myself being, oh, I need to get this done, no, no, no. And then getting distracted or ending up chatting with one of my workmates and beating myself up at the end of the day because I haven't done everything I was meant to be doing. Great insight. It is, and we all do it. You know, when we love our work and we feel, you know, we want to do the right thing by our employers, um, that's, that's, what, that's what we do. But that's in a long term in kind of building resilience, that's not going to be helpful. And the Office of National Statistics, as part of their regular research into the effect of um, COVID-19, they're looking a lot at kind of mental health outcomes. And, you know, the, the ability of all of us to take responsibility for our own resilience and how we make choices on a day to day basis is absolutely key to come through this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking about finding out what you need to do throughout the day and then keeping your mind active, etc. Um, 
if I take the example of my, my partner again, obviously it's been five weeks, I see only two people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he has this plan where, because all of a sudden he finds himself with no work to do, no one to talk to, um, to work, etc. So he, he's decided to take on loads of projects. He has always wanted to to build and um, work on. So now he's learning so many different things. So working, I want to say kind of working hours, maybe a bit less, but still working on something that's going to make him feel good. So have you seen in your clients, other people um, taking this approach to, to the furlough? Absolutely. And I think it's a brilliant thing to do, to use it as a creative time and for CPD, continual professional development. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, what I would say there, again, if we're driven um, to achieve, and you know, the sort of people that have been furloughed and are driven are, are the sort of people that are now going, right, what can I learn? What can I take on? And that's amazing. But allow yourself to be human. So again, the expectation of taking on, I don't know, maybe four different things. So you fill your day with different webinars and different podcasts. That's a lot of information to take on at the same time as we are dealing with the change in our living way of life, well, our way of life at the moment. So allow that time for nourishment. And when I use that word, I mean things that will allow you to just be. So those might be things like um, meditation, breath work, um, yoga, um, Tai Chi, Pilates, all of these things. You've got access to all of this stuff online that you can do now to allow yourself to be centered rather than always absorbing because if we're always absorbing there's never time to allow things to become part of us yeah um, so i think but it's a great thing to do i've done it myself i've just finished a two-week accreditation in a new um leadership profile that's just been the most amazing experience of my life so that's a real gift to come out of that for me oh, wow well done <laughs> and uh off the back of that do you have any tips you could offer to help the ones that are feeling overwhelmed uh, by being furloughed? Absolutely. So the feeling of being overwhelmed comes from where you put your focus and attention. So the feeling of being overwhelmed comes from amplification and rumination on things that are out of our control. So there's a really lovely little exercise. So if you imagine um, a, a piece of paper in front of you and you were to draw three circles, one in the middle, then another one, like a bullseye. And think, and I'm gonna ask you a question now, Karen. So what is the only thing that you have control over in this whole world? My hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a really tough question, you know. I don't think I have control on much things, you know. So what's the only thing that you do have control over? I guess how I react to things, maybe. Absolutely. And it is a hard question because we fool ourselves that we have control over many more things. But actually, the only thing we have real control over is ourselves and how we show up. And even that's really hard sometimes because we'll kind of lose the plot if somebody triggers us or we'll see a bar of chocolate and think I'll eat the whole thing when really we didn't want to. 
So if we can accept that, so that's in the middle of your circle on the piece of paper. If, you, if, if you're doing this exercise, um, listeners, write me in the middle of the piece of paper. The next circle are, is things that you can influence in terms of how you behave and show up, but things you can't control. And then the outside circle are things that you can't have any influence or control over. Now, generally, when we feel overwhelmed, it's because our attention is on that outside circle. And when we put all of our intention there, the anxiety rises because there's nothing we can do about it. So the exercise is to, if you're feeling overwhelmed, draw those three circles on a piece of paper um, and just do, think about the things that are going through your mind that are really causing that overwhelm and anxiety and just write them down on where they are in those circles and bring yourself back to the center two circles. So ultimately back to you in that moment, what can you do? or what are the things that you can actually influence and, and take one action from that moment. And as you do that, you'll find that you'll, you'll start to tune in more to the things that you can do. And you might say, well, what I can control is uh, that cupboard needs cleaning. Oh, I'll just go and clean the cupboard. And even that will help because you're taking some action rather than ruminating and amplifying, ruminating on and amplifying those things that are completely outside your control. Yeah, I'm really glad we're recording because I feel like reaching to a piece of paper and taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Janine, where can people find you online uh, if they need to, to reach to you? Sure. So if you Google Janine Woodcock, um, you'll be presented with lots of different results. So I've got a YouTube channel. So if you look under the videos bit on Google um, and there's already some sort of hints and tips there for specifically for surviving through this COVID-19 um, experience. Um, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, so you'll find all of that if you Google JanineWoodcock.com. And then you mentioned at the beginning, Karen, the power of choices um, framework um, that I've developed. So um, my book that was published last year has that and there's loads of useful exercises in there for helping you build your resilience. Um, and that book is called The Power of Choices. And again, you'll find that in search engine. There's a separate website for the book. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. I guess that closes our first Women in Data podcast episode. And um, so we will release the survey and we will see you in a few weeks with the results and some more tips. I look forward to seeing you and talking to you next time. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. You can follow us on social media, so Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn to have a glimpse of coming episodes. It would also be great if you could leave us some feedback that will help us enhance the content and also bring the guests that you would like to hear from. Have a great day. Bye.